We are glad to have you with us. Hope uh, you have been having a good weekend. Hope uh, this long weekend you get to enjoy family and friends and have a safe time of celebration. We are uh, in the second week here at the church. We are uh, reminding ourselves of our mission statement. This shine that you see before you as you come in, you see signs around the rim of our uh, welcome center out there. Uh, it's, this is an acronym for our mission statement, for our hope, uh, for our aim, our expectations of where we are trying to head as a church, what we are holding ourselves accountable at. S, last week we began with, S is share the love of Jesus with others. And frankly, that is uh, the basis for everything else that goes on. If we are not a church that loves others, if we are not a church that makes love our priority, then we cannot call ourselves a New Testament church. The buildings, the programs, the structures, uh, the parties on the lawn, uh, the Bible studies we do, all of those are ways to capture hearts and move people closer. But the underlying uh, purpose and, and motivation of all of those is that we want people to know the love of Jesus. It's easy to get misled as a church. It's easy to get off kilter as a church, begin to make unimportant things important. But we want to make sure we keep that at the core, that sharing the love of Jesus with others is an essential part of who we are. In fact, Jesus said, "If you, they will know you are my disciples by your love. Right? Love is that thing. And our, the love that God has for us is not meant just for us. It's meant for us to share with others. <clears throat> Today, as we move forward, H, H is for heighten the worship of God, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Heighten the worship of God, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Whenever you're doing an acronym, sometimes you have to stretch. This was my stretch. I know that's awkward language and stuff. Think elevate, but E didn't work. But it's the concept of raising up the worship of God, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Worship is, is more than just the, the act of attending, the duty of attendance. It's, it, for too often we can slide into this thing that our worship is what we do on Sunday morning so we can check it off and be on with our week. But that's not what worship is at all. Worship is the effort we make, the gift we give, the, the sacrifice we bring to a holy, loving, all-powerful God, the sacrifice we bring to Him to demonstrate how much we love Him and understand how much He loves us. We, we confuse ourselves with our, uh, with our language. We call for worship services, and hopefully, yes, in our worship services, we are worshiping. We're elevating Jesus and not just doing things that make us feel good. But worship isn't confined to a building or a denomination or a certain day or a certain music style. Worship is that effort where we elevate the presence of Jesus and allow him to shine on us so that we are transformed in the midst of his power. You can worship anywhere. In fact, we should be worshiping anywhere. If your worship consists of one hour a week, that's a great start, but it's not going to change your life. 
The worship of God is something that happens over and over, every moment of every day, a focusing on Him, a, a lowering of ourself and a focusing on Him. Whenever we worship things that are important, we lay our allegiance down before them. And, and what it comes down to is passion. Passion. It, it, it's this underwriting power and energy that that can transform our lives. It gives us the energy. And even when we don't feel like it, even when it's hard, that passion will drive us closer and closer to him. But passion isn't something you can just, you know, learn or just decide I'm going to be passionate. It's something that comes. It's something that's shared. It's a gift given. In fact, if you thought in your life of people you admire and people that have made a difference in your life, I, 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 I would bet you that part of what you admire is the passion that they brought to their life. Maybe it was a teacher, right? A teacher that would go above and beyond uh, to make you feel important, to understand where you were, to encourage you to go forward. That kind of passion that, that a grandparent brings, that even though your parents are about ready to do away with you, they're willing to put up with you regardless. The passion of leaders or business people that you admire because they had something more than just checking the box. They, they were doing something with pride and energy and, and, and motivation that drew you to that. And passion is this, it's, it's a powerful thing. It, it, it's inviting to other people. This week out at the day camp, one of the things we did was the low ropes course. That's a, that's ropes and little obstacles that, that you do. And it's a problem solving thing. It's a team building thing. It's a challenge for, for the kids to do. You're swinging on ropes and balancing on wires and, and logs and stuff. And, um, you know, I always think football coaches are some of the most, uh, motivational people, right? And we have a football coach on our staff. His name is Grant Palmer. Uh, everyone calls him Coach Palmer, and he's still the coach. And if you don't know who he is, he, he looks like what you think a football coach should look like, a weightlifting coach should look like. He's a block of granite with a shiny bald head, and he talks in a voice like this. Come on, let's go, guys. That's, that's Grant. And it was just great to watch him this week because he was leading the kids in the in the low ropes course, right? And they're, they're young adolescents, so, you know, default for that age group is when they try something new. This is stupid, (laughs) right? What that really means is I'm nervous and I don't want to look stupid in front of everybody, but I'm going to tell you, you're stupid, right? But Grant has this way of of coaching on them and giving them energy. Come on, you can do it. Put your foot in there, grab on there. Oh, look at you go, look at you, right? And and you could just watch the kids move from, it's my turn, it's my turn. Because of his passion. Wouldn't it be great if that's the way we treated one another in the church? In fact, I think that's what it's intended. That our passion, our joy, our motivation of understanding who God is, that we share that in such a way that it brings energy and invites others to know God the way we know Him. Spencer, uh, Pastor Thomas, who is uh, on our staff as well, when he first started here, he 
fishing was his thing. He was always going fishing, always going fishing, always going fishing. Uh, he's, he's lucky he's still working here, but he was always going fishing. That was a joke. That was a joke. A year and a half ago, we invited him to play golf. And the challenge and the, 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 uh, uh, and the joy of that game, well, now he's a golfing fanatic. He, you can't, he, he won't get off the course. He's passionate for it because it challenges him. It brings him a joy and stuff. And, and it's just funny to watch how the transformation has happened. There's this whole new thing in his life that has uh, opened up. He bought different clothes. He got different clubs. He, he did all these different things. We still haven't gotten him dressed nice for Sunday, but we're working on it. <laughs> and trust me, I understand the irony of me talking about somebody's dress. <laughs> You know it's bad when, right? (laughs) But passion, which is to share the love of Jesus with the world, with our neighbors, going into the world like, go to church. Every once in a while they do some good. Oh, can I come? No, that's not. But when the passion of who Jesus is, when the passion of the joy of the Lord is upon us, it naturally invites other people into relation. In order to heighten the worship of God, we we have to work on our passion. We're going to read from Ephesians today, and uh, we're going to be in Ephesians 3. Ephesians written by Paul. Paul is one of those people that just, Once he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, once he was struck blind by the light of God, once the glory of God transformed his life, he could never, ever get over the fact that a God of all power and all might would invite him into a relationship where he could make a difference in the world. In fact, we're going to read at the end of chapter 3. You read the whole beginning of chapter 3. It's Paul just rehearsing that. I'm the... I'm one of the worst sinners ever, and yet God transformed my life, and He's given me this wonderful, beautiful gift of being able to share with others what He's done for me and, and invite others into relationship. He just The joy of that just overflows within Him, and He works Himself to the place where we're going to read today, chapter 3 in Ephesians, beginning in verse 14. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love really is. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully. And then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think and many versions add or even imagine. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Word of God for the people of God. 
Thanks be to God. When I think of all this, when I think of all this, Paul, Paul was blown away that a sinner, someone who had worked against God, someone who, had, who thought that the whole Jesus thing was a cult, thought it was dangerous, thought it was blasphemy and heresy, who had even put people to death thinking he was protecting righteousness only to find out that he has been working against the God that he thought he was serving. Not to be killed, not to be punished, but to be transformed and invited to meaning and purpose. That that transformation changed everything for Paul. He went from being the number one enemy of God to the number one missionary for God to the Gentile world, to the non-Jewish world. We know Jesus primarily because of Paul's efforts. And his whole motivation, the whole passion that drove him, a passion that made him put up with things like being thrown off a cliff, having rocks thrown at him, being thrown off a ship, being bitten, uh, beaten, being thrown in prison. He did all of that and was willing to take more because of his passion for Christ because overall what Jesus had done for him was so amazing that he, he just he couldn't get past that. When I think of all of this, you have a, you have a salvation story as well. It may not be as dramatic as Paul's. But what has God delivered you from? Where would you be now if it weren't for the grace and love of Jesus Christ? What would be different? What would be lacking? If part of the problem is we, we, we don't often count our blessings. We, we focus on negative and we, we sort of let events go by and when they, they, they lose their luster and they lose their importance. Paul rehearsed over and over how his life had been changed by Christ and that just continued to fuel his passion. We need to be reminded to do that as well. When I think of all of this, Fourth of July, we, there's lots of things that we can think about and be thankful for. But again, the religious freedom we have in this country that we take for granted. You know, when something's free, it doesn't have value for you. And it wasn't free. It cost the blood of patriots. But so many of us, we, we lose sight of what a benefit that is. And we, we see it more as a chore or something we do for, for the benefit of the church, not for the benefit of our soul. When I think of all of this. Now we're talking about heightening the worship of God. But there's a play on words here. Because if we are going to heighten the worship of God, you have to lower your self-importance. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees. Every work of God, every revival, every renewal, every awakening, any big event by God is always preceded with the humbling of the human spirit. Of, of seeking forgiveness and asking for reconciliation, of confessing our sins. In, or if you want to elevate the name of Jesus, then you've got to get out of the way. We have to limit ourselves in order to hold him up. 
which goes against the human spirit. We, we go through our lives trying to make ourselves more important, trying to get the attention of others, trying to show that we're worthy, trying to name drop so that people know how connected and important we are in the community. But the Christian heart, the passionate heart for Jesus Christ, that passion is driven out of us lowering ourselves. When I think of this, I fall to my knees. Confession. Humbleness. Lowering of our own ego. God of all power and all might. The one who created us. The one who can do anything and everything. The one who sent his only son into the world so that he might pay the price for my sins, submit himself to death, be raised from the dead so that I might have life even though I continue to make the same mistakes over and over. When I think of those things, I'm driven to my knees. When's the last time you've been driven to your knees with thanks? on what God's done. It needs to be more often than at a retreat or a walk to Emmaus. Again, worship worship doesn't have to happen in a church setting. Worship can take place anywhere and everywhere. It can happen in the morning when you get up. It can it can happen when you're in the car driving to work. It can happen when you're at work. It can happen after work. It can happen in your family. It can happen uh, when you're having a bad day or when you're having a good day. It can happen when you're on vacation. It can happen. It should. And what we're called to is a relationship with God that encompasses everything. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. All of our effort. All of our thoughts. All of our intention. All of our motivation. All of our passion. All consumed with thinking about who God is. And the more you understand God and the more you think about who He is and what He's done and what He has done for us, all to my knees in gratitude. Do we have grateful heart? Or do we just take it for granted? Again, the the kind of passion that we see set loose in the book of Acts as Jesus takes a group of guys who who were some of the biggest knuckleheads in the world and turn them into people with hearts on fire that are willing to do anything and everything for the kingdom. The transformation was, was not that they decided something. The transformation is that the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of Jesus changed them forever. And that set the world on fire. When I think of all of this, what's your story? What do you have to be thankful for? What drives you to your knees? But it doesn't stop with Paul. It's not just, so I make sure that I have the best relationship that I can have and I keep working on it day by day. No, his his prayer quickly goes, I drop to my knees and I pray for you, meaning the world, I pray for others to come to know Jesus the way I know Jesus. Again, go back to S. Share the love of Jesus with our neighbors. This whole love thing, love isn't love until you give it away. Right? Love has to be shared in order to be expressed. 
And so his motivation, that joy, that passion he has doesn't end with himself. It's pushed onto the world around him. I want you to experience Jesus the same way I've experienced Jesus because it will change everything for you. Out of his unlimited resources, his glorious unlimited resources, that you might find a home with Christ. His unlimited resources. Too often this passage gets preached about financial giving, right? Out of God's unlimited resources, you should give a little more to the church. That's not what he's talking about. Money is not the best resource God has. His unlimited resource he has is love. Out of the unlimited, unrestrained, unboundaried love that God has, I hope you find a a home in that. And that your roots begin to grow down deep, that you begin to have roots that go down in your relationship. And again, we have this play on, on, on dimension that roots go down so elevation and worship can go up. A tree in, that doesn't have a good uh, root system is going to blow over in a storm. But roots that go down allow for a structure or for a tree to grow higher. You want to build a big skyscraper? You better have a good foundation. We need roots in our relationship. How do you get roots? Well, our roots come from diving into our relationship. For many of us, this whole idea of Personal relationship with God is sort of unnerving. I mean, the the idea that we're going to have an intimate personal relationship with a spiritual being that we we can't really see or feel or touch it 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 can be sort of uh, confusing and and seem uh, bewildering. But my invitation to you is to begin to share your heart with God, to begin to talk to Him. To begin to to seek him out, to begin to try to notice and be aware of things in nature and around the world, and you and as you do that, your roots start to to grow and grow, and then as we study the Bible, as we do life with Christian friends, as we're part of small groups, as we serve in in ways to help our neighbor, that that strengthens that, and those roots go deeper. And deeper and deeper, and and it's God's will for us to know Him. So He's always helping us with that. He's always giving us more power. He's always uh, ask. Uh, he's always pouring His Spirit into us. In fact, if if you really are serious about wanting to experience a relationship with Jesus Christ, here's my first step for you: say a prayer that you might be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, uh, "You have not because you ask not." He was talking about the the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, you have not because you ask not. He goes on to say, uh, uh, earthly father, if you ask for an egg, would he give you a scorpion? Well, if a human father is going to give you the good things, why wouldn't your heavenly father, the Holy Spirit, the the thing that connects us with God, the the presence that that relays his power and intimacy with us, if you haven't felt God, if you don't feel connected, I would encourage you to pray that prayer so that your roots can go down deep. 
And he says, here's my, here's my hope. I, I wish every one of us, I, 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 my prayer for every one of us is that you would understand how long, how wide, how deep, and how high his love really is. How long, how wide, how high, how deep his love really is. That unlimited resource of God comes down to love. All the other things that we try to make worship, all the other things that we try to worship is an exercise in love. We love God, we love others. That's worship. It is more worshipful for us to spend time with uh, with people sharing our heart with them than sitting in rows and pews in a in a brick building. Because if we're not sharing love here, we're we're not doing anything of importance. Love that unlimited resource. That's the resource we're called to scare. And and it's it, it, however big you think God is, He's bigger. However powerful you think he is, he's more powerful. And he gives us this four-dimensional idea of his love. How long? Well, God goes on forever. His love goes on forever. There's no beginning, no end. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He always has been and he always will be. There's not a beginning to God's love. There's an ending to God's love. We can't comprehend that in our human minds, but there always has been and there always will be God's love. It's a non-ending, ever-flowing resource. You are never going to be too far ahead of God's love or too far behind God's love. His love is there for everyone. He has length to his love. There's a width to his love. This is the hardest for us humans. It's not just for a few people, for anyone and everyone. It's for anyone. There is not a single person who has ever been born that God did not love, that he did not have a desire to to understand him and be in relationship with him. His love is all-encompassing. It it goes past race, age, color, nationality, politics, wealth, neighborhood, whatever, Texan, uh, Texas A&M, all that kind of stuff. His love has width and breadth to it. However accepting you think God's love is, it's more accepting. However grace-filled you think His love is, go more. There's a height to it. Let's do depth. There's a depth to it. There, it, it. This isn't just emotion. When we talk about the love of God, it's it's not just about emotion. When I, when I talk about knowing God's presence and stuff, sometimes when I'm in a place or sometimes when I'm in a worship service, I'm going to get chill bumps or something. And, and that's sort of like my personal thing that I, I, I sort of use as my, ooh, I, that's sort of a God chill. But even when I don't get goosebumps, God's there. It's not about my emotion. It's not whether I feel it. It's not whether it's a good time in my life or a bad time. In fact, God's love is so deep that it is present even in the worst of times. In the midst of death, in the face of death, in the midst of divorce and financial difficulty and, and whatever else could happen. When you're, when you're so worn out by the, what's happening in the world. When, you, when you're down to having to decide, am I going to fill up my tank or go to the pharmacy? God's love is still there. 
It's deep. Don't, don't let emotions dictate to you God's presence. Whether I feel it or not, he's there. It is a deep and abiding thing. And then it's, there's a height to it. Literally, through Jesus, the sky's the limit. You, you, you look at the book of Acts, this group of numbskulls that become disciples. They go from being afraid. You, you see them hiding in rooms at the crucifixion. And then you turn the page in the giving of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, these guys are standing up for the Lord and willing to put their life on the line. And almost every single one of them died a martyr's death because of that passion for Christ. What changed? It's because God took the ceiling off of their, their passion. When we, when we humble ourselves and we lift up who God is, and, and again, you can't talk about who God is without talking about love. The sky's the limit. What are we going to do about Ukraine? What are we going to do about our economy? What are we going to do about my family? What are we going to do about my, my finances? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I know it sounds trite, but God has a plan. And he's bigger than that. He literally will change the world with his love. Heighten the worship of God. Father, heart, soul, mind, and strength. All-encompassing. The four dimensions. The four dimensions of who we are. Heart, soul, mind, strength. Every thought, every action every motivation, every, every idea, every step aimed at God. Our job as a church, our job as Christians is to have that kind of passionate love that infects the people around us so that they might find a home in his love as well. If you want to talk about passion, and in fact, Holy Week is often described as Passion Week, you want to talk about passion, we talk about the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we're going to celebrate Holy Communion this morning. And if you haven't been with us before, just want you to know that anyone and everyone is welcome. It doesn't matter your church membership or your age. If you have a desire to love God and love your neighbor, you're welcome to join with us. We have these self-serve elements we're using right now. If you didn't get any, there, there's some out in the Welcome Center there for you. The passion of Jesus Christ. Why we do this. Why we stretch ourselves. Why we learn how to love one another. Why we serve in His name for one another. It's motivated and rooted in this. That night, before Jesus gave himself up for us, as he was sit, sit, sitting at the table with them for a religious holy festival, in the midst of the dinner, he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke the bread and he passed around the, the table and said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Whenever you eat of it, I want you to remember me. He took the cup, gave thanks, passed around the table and said, drink from this, all of you. 
This is the new, the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink of it, remember me. And so in remembrance of Jesus Christ and his mighty acts, we offer ourselves in praise and sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. Would you bow with me and let's pray together. Come Holy Spirit. Wash over us. Fill us. Light a fire and a passion within our soul. God, we seek your forgiveness because we have not been the people you've called us to be. We've not been the church you've called us to be. We've not made you our priority and we've made things that aren't priority, priority. Forgive us, we pray. And free us for joyful obedience. We pray that this bread would be your body for us so that we might be your body for the rest of the world. We pray that this juice would remind us of your sacrifice and the blood you shed so that we can have relationship with the Holy God. We want to be one in Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world. And we look forward to the time where we get to sit at your holy banquet table and cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We pray all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, the one who taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, glory forever. Amen. If you have your cup, you want to take the bottom of it off, expose the wafer, the body of Christ broken. And then that pop, juice, the blood of Christ shed for you.